Being in a professional environment can be stressful and overwhelming, but it can become even worse when you have to be around these toxic coworkers. Learning how to deal with these difficult individuals is essential for both your sanity and success at work. It can be difficult to confront a toxic coworker, but there are some strategies that can help you maintain your mental health and peace of mind while keeping the situation under control. Hi everybody, it's your host Samantha in Sydney and we're back with another episode that you don't want to miss on the Deeper Than Tech podcast where we talk about how to grow your career in an industry that was not designed with us in mind. We'll be diving deep into this topic but before we do, if you're loving this podcast so far, make sure you share it with a friend or a coworker. So we all have dealt with that one toxic coworker. How do you identify a toxic coworker? To me, a toxic coworker is someone that is like always like kind of giving the team or the manager kind of like problems, right? Like they always like, you know, if we're doing, if we come up with a solution of how we should build something, they're always trying to like, you know, intersect it, like, you know, we should do things this way. We should do these this way. And sometimes like, yeah, it's okay to share your opinion, you know, but sometimes there are people on the team that like feel like they're smarter than everybody or they feel like they can do more than everybody. And they try to like overly exert themselves. Not just that, like, you know, late to meetings or, you know, everybody else wants to have their camera on and they don't want to have their camera on. Or like we're sharing our personal stories and um, this person is like, you know, always trying to make their story sound more evident. And when you run into issues, they're like, they don't want to help. And they're trying to make you figure like all of those things <laughs> to me is like, it makes a, like a toxic coworker. And me personal, I have dealt with a few of those um, folks where not saying that everybody had all of those specific, you know, qualities and aspects of them as a person, but many of them had a few of those different things, right? And me, I'm a positive person all the time. So I've learned the, to how to like meet like na- people that are nasty and that have nasty ways, you kill them with your kindness. You kill them with your smiles. You kill them with your positive, you know, your positivity. And it's like whenever somebody's on like a dark road or I feel like they throwing shade or like they're trying to like throw me under the bus, you know, I very nice, nasty, you know, handle the situation where everybody on the team is looking like, oh, you know, don't play with her. But at the same time, the individual who set out, you know, to start issues or whatever, they're like, oh, like, I don't really know how to address that now because I expected to, you know, hurt Sydney's feelings or I wanted, I really wanted to get under Sydney's skin. So the fact that, you know, I didn't allow them to get under my skin, and even if it did, I wasn't going to show them, right? I'm going to wait until I'm off the camera or until I'm not working to go in my room and maybe cry, maybe even throw something, maybe even hit the wall, you know, but I've learned to not let people, you know, see you sweat and not allow people to get under your skin. And this is not just in your work life. You know, this is in your personal life with family and friends as well. A lot of my advice, it goes, you know, for 
the masses for your everyday because I set my, you know, clear expectations of how I want people to treat me and how I want relationships to be held. I hold those expectations in my personal life and in my work life. So to me, I'm not going to let nobody disrespect me, you know, on the street. So why would I let somebody at my job disrespect me? Even though somebody on the street might get a different response than somebody at my job would. But at the end of the day, the person at my job, I'm for sure going to kill them with kindness. Yes. Um, recently, I had somebody say, um, please hold me back because I don't want to lose my job today. <laughs> but, so <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> um, I also love that you said like killing with positivity. In a previous episode, we talked about microaggressions and how to deal with those. And one of the things I loved was like, we talked about how like making sure you, you embarrass the other person. Like, yes, it hurts you, but like making sure that they are like, feel stupid. Like, why did you say that? So would you like to give us an example of like how you respond with positivity when somebody is like, hey, Sydney, you, mm, that was a stupid idea. How would you respond to that? I would pretty much smile and say, you know, I would honestly, I want to know. So I would, my response would be, you know, hey, such and such, um, I know you may feel like, you know, my idea is stupid or, you know, not educated enough. How would you address it? Or, you know, what is your response to it? How would you, you know, tackle this issue? And then from there, hopefully they would give their, you know, perspective unless they're really being nice, nasty, right? And Or they're being nasty, nasty, not nice, nasty, right? And until they're like, okay, I don't want to, you know, answer like, you know, the, the question was for you. And I wanted to just tell you that you're being stupid. I would laugh. Honestly, I would laugh. And, you know, I would just say like, you know, I don't I don't appreciate, you know, the way that you are coming at me um, and the way you're speaking to me. Um, I would appreciate it if either you would change your tone or come at me a different way, because I know I'm not stupid. You know, how would you feel? If I called your idea stupid or if I said, you know, you were stupid, you know, and kind of get them on their toes and now they're thinking, you know, and at the same same time, smiling the whole entire time. <laughs> you're Michelle Obama at this point. You're doing great. <laughs> um, say somebody is not very comfortable speaking out loud. How can they address this issue before it gets even bigger? So someone that isn't really comfortable, like speaking up for themselves or speaking out loud, I would say to, I would say everyone at their job or whatever field they're in, everyone needs a buddy, right? And not just like a buddy that you can work with, but everybody needs somebody that can vouch for them, you know, and can have their back, you know? And my current job right now, the last project that I was on, um, I got me a buddy, right? I built a relationship with one of the other engineers on the team. Once I seen like the culture of the team and I'm seeing that, okay, me and this guy, we kind of have some things in common. Let me try to build that one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. That way, like if there is any like misconceptions or anything that went on, any altercations, you know, I would have somebody to vouch for me because, you know, certain situations, Sometimes we feel like we can speak up to some individuals, but everybody, we don't feel like we can speak up to. So there's always like two things that I would do, right? 
if I don't feel comfortable talking to you as a person and coming to you face to face, I would do two things. I would first, you know, either reach out to my buddy, you know, and try to see if my buddy has any type of like advice or um, anybody else that in their circle that they can reach out to so we can kind of address this issue. And I usually try that first. And if that doesn't work, then I'll try to like, now here comes the writing. Remember, I think in the last episode, I talked about, you know, when and when not is a great time to write things down. And in a situation like that, to me, that would be a time where you will write things down. If you have somebody on your team that's being nasty to you, you know, and trying to shut you down, telling your ideas are stupid, which should never be okay, right? Like, even if you are some a junior on the team and you don't really know a lot, like you're a new boot camp grad, no one should ever be calling you stupid because they could be stupid in other ways, right? Like everybody's knowledge is not spread out in the same way. So after you either try to reach out to your buddy and that doesn't work, this is when um, that piece of writing, you know, your statement comes into play. And from there, that statement, you know, can either go to your manager, either a team lead on a team. And if it doesn't work that way, next is HR. We don't want to have to go to HR if we don't, you know, have to. But if you tried all of these things, like, you know, you tried to speak up, you tried to go to your buddy, and now you wrote something and went to your manager and still nothing's happening, that's when you need to escalate it to HR. I love that. You can also, even if you don't feel comfortable talking to people, still like write down everything and email it to yourself so you have that timestamp. So that way, if something does happen and it continues on, you still have that proof. Yeah. Um, Cause like, I think in the law, you can't go based off memory is like not evidence. So like having something written down is evidence, I guess you can say. So hopefully, we, hopefully we never get there, but just in case. <laughs> um, so let's say now you have escalated this to your manager. Is it all on your manager to figure out the situation or do you have to kind of help solve the issue? Yeah. So usually like if there is an issue that I do bring to the higher up attention, like a manager or a team leader or something, I usually always try to come with my own kind of um, solutions, right? Like I try to give my manager or the leader the benefit of the doubt to try to see how they would address this issue first, you know, and how they would tackle it. Um, and then I would share, you know, my ways of how I would tackle it. And then we can kind of compromise on what we think, you know, should happen. I think that because like if you're involved in that issue, I feel like you should be involved in the solution process, right? Like if something involved you, like how could your manager try to just come up with their own personal solution that might not, you know, accommodate you efficiently. So I feel like that you need to be a part of those processes, you know, the decision-making, like, okay, if, are we going to host a team meeting, you know, where we talk about the different microaggressions at work, you know, where we talk about people verbally abusing folks, are we going to make this a team meeting? Are we going to make this a company-wide meeting? Are we going to go pull that individual out and set up a, you know, a one-on-one with the manager, me, and this individual? Like, are we, like, you know, like, it's just so many things that can go into play. But I feel like you need to just make sure you're a part of that process as much as you can be. And let's say next step, 
you have the solutions, your manager cannot figure out what's wrong, but you're still on this team. How do you protect your mental health? So honestly, the best way to do, um, I actually experienced a little situation, you know, like that, where it was like, it wasn't like the people on the team, but it was actually like certain things that I was feeling about my manager, right? And when it was my manager, I didn't know who to reach out to besides my buddy, right? Because my buddy, which is the other person that I've built the relationship with, they can vouch for me. They had a closer relationship with our manager. So they were able to speak out to our manager and all of those things like that. But the main thing is like, you know, after we try to fix these things, you know, and they may be working, they may be slowly working, but your mental health is so important. And it's like, if your mental health is not together, like you won't be able to log in on that computer. You won't be able to show up to meetings. You won't be able to have your camera on. So the best thing for you is to try to like figure out something outside of work that is making you happy, right? Figure out maybe something that you can either have some type of motivational poster or some type of like little stuffed animal or like maybe even you're taking a little bit more breaks than you usually do, right? Like maybe after each meeting, you go and take a five minute walk or go have some coffee or, you know, maybe on your lunchtime, you take, instead of, you know, taking a full hour lunch, you'll do 30 minutes to eat, the other 30 minutes to go relax and do some yoga or some meditation. But you have to really be invested in your mental health. Um, And if you're not these aggressive managers or, you know, aggressive Um, co-workers, they will definitely take advantage of you. And if they feel like that they're winning, like if they feel like that they can tell that they're getting you upset, they they feel like that they're almost this close to pushing you out and getting you out, like you have to be able to um, stand your ground and be able to still be happy and still want to be there. I love that. Thank you so much, Sydney, for coming onto the show. Until next time, y'all. Bye.